Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. We do apologise here. It is Monday lunchtime. It is a Celtic state of mind. It is myself, Colin Watt, and the amazing Amy Canavan. Amy, how are you this fine Monday morning? Lunchtime. Good, Colin. Yeah, lunchtime now. Yeah, no, I'm good. Good to be back. Been a few weeks away, so um, yeah, delighted to be back on the Axon Airwaves. 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 There we go. God, I'm not even thirty seconds in, and that's my first error. It's all right. We're we're getting there. and to be honest, a fantastic weekend all round in terms of the world of Celtic. Uh, we're going to cover all of the action from yesterday's game. We're going to look at some of the fallout from it and some of the post-match comments from both managers. Um, we're also going to take a look at the sort of media reaction to this 
um, and get your views on what you thought um, about the, the red cards. Um, we're only going to talk about the Hearts ones because this is a Celtic show and that's who we played at the weekend. Um, we're going to take a look ahead to a future away game which just went on sale this morning, which is St Mirren. And an interesting fact which has came out about this game, um, which I think we, is definitely worth covering. Um, and we'll take a look at how the B team and the women's team got on at the weekend. But first of all, a special mention to the Kano Foundation. Um, they had their 13,000th free child getting into the game on Sunday. 13,000 kids since they started back in 2010-11. For anyone who doesn't know the story, there was money raised for a a popular Celtic fan by the name of Martin Kane. His nickname was Kano back in 2008. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. He was suffering from motor neuron disease and uh, the Celtic fans really came together to... Uh, raise some funds for him so that he could get some specialist treatment and with the money that was left over from that they decided that they would try and get some kids into the game to sort of lift them over the turnstile the way that a lot of you guys probably experienced your first game uh, back in the day. Um, It's a fantastic initiative that uh, is done by the Kano Foundation. I believe they've got 154 kids season tickets um, that they've managed to, to fundraise for. They take 150 kids to the game every week. They get a lunch, they get a goodie bag, including a Kano Foundation scarf. You see them in their high-vis vest behind um, the goal at the what was traditionally the, the Rangers' end. It's a fantastic achievement, and I, I believe the 13,000th kid, uh, he was able to go onto the side of the park and meet Stephen Welsh. And uh, Joe from the Homeboys podcast as well was there, so... Uh, Amy, it's just a fantastic initiative and it just shows that even with everything that goes on in the Celtic world, charity is still one of the first things uh, that we concentrate on. Yeah, it's a a terrific um, organisation, foundation. Um, I was actually just speaking with Erin Boyle on Friday night um, and we were just just chatting things through Kano Foundation-wise as well. Um, It's just at the heart of what they have is what should always be at the heart of what Celtic do and try to achieve um, I know that's not always easy 
but a club of our size should really be able to to try and prioritise that as much as possible. Um, and I, I think the Kino Foundation, the 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 work that they do probably still doesn't get quite the recognition that it actually does deserve. Um, I th- I would like to see the club perhaps still do a little bit more for them, with them, um, or, and, and certainly present it in a way that you can see, you know, it shouldn't just be the 13,000 kids perhaps getting down on the, on the touchline. Um, I, I would be much more game to see that more often. Uh, and I think most of the Celtic fans would as well, because as you take pride in it, um, and, and rightly so, and I, I think, yeah, it's, it's a remarkable job that they, they have done up until now, um, and, and here's the next 13,000. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to know in the comments section, we are live on, on YouTube, um, to everyone who's joining us, a warm welcome. Have any of your kids or have you guys experienced the opportunity to go along with the Kano Foundation to a game? If you have, let us know what the experience was like. Um, I, I think it's a fantastic initiative. When we look at it, we've been doing this since 2010-11. That's the best part of uh, 12 years now. And to the point where you're taking... Um, about a thousand kids a season that works out at and probably more than that because we had the, the full season where we were um, behind closed doors with the, the, the Covid stuff um, I just think it's absolutely fantastic and um, the fact that Celtic are starting to recognise this and I believe that they now donate the season tickets to them as well, it's just it's a fantastic initiative and when you look around and you, you go and you, you see kids playing in the park and you ask them who their, their sort of heroes are and they'll tell you it's Messi, it's Ronaldo. I mean, when we were growing up, Amy, uh, Henrik Larsson was mine. Joe, I know Joe Ledley was yours, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but actually integrating them within the, the ethos of Celtic Football Club and um, showing them that this is their dad's team, this is their mum's team, this is their brother's team, their sister's team, instead of what we see down south with all the Premier League sort of hypocrisy and the sort of commercialisation, there is still proper football and getting along and experiencing that game at Celtic Park, it can really win back the, the kids and show them that Celtic is the team for them. Yeah, it's the, it's the right way to go about things and I think you're spot on um, not, not necessarily comparing but bringing it into reference with you know what you see down south um, it's the simplest thing even a shirt these days, you know we're talking about the cost of living crisis right now as well that a, a, a football shirt's hard to get never mind now with a, a name on the back so to, to be able to get these, these young kids inside Celtic Park it was I thought it was dear when I was growing up but it's, it's, this, it's definitely doubled at least since I know when we got our first ticket um, so it's anything that can kind of make sure that, that young kids still are not outpriced out of the game so to speak um, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a win in my eyes Absolutely, and again, a massive congratulations to everyone involved in the Kano Foundation. It is a fantastic charity, and we do um, hope that anyone that can will support them going forward. And let's see this number grow from 13,000 to 15,000 to 20,000, and uh, let's hope that this continues for many, many years to come. So, once again, congratulations to everyone involved. Um, But they were at the Celtic Hearts game yesterday, as was I. First of all, Amy, your overall impressions as the game as a whole. Ange Postacoglu said after the game it was an okay performance, a bit stop-start, can certainly do better. Is that what you took away from it? 
think stop starts probably the greatest evaluation of it. There wasn't a lot of rhythm, um, which is very unpostacoglu esque. Uh, you certainly don't. Well, it's been a long time since we've not seen sort of the free flowing football that um, and really does try to instill. But you know, it's not a horrendous performance by any stretch of the imagination. You know, alarm bells aren't going off. So before anyone thinks that, that's what I'm trying to suggest, it's not. But it's a uh, there was a real lack of rhythm um, and I think you've got to give credit to Hearts in, in that respect that you know there wasn't a lot of great expectations coming through um, and rightly so you know this game on Thursday is not only huge for, for Hearts but it's huge for Scottish football so I, I take great delight that they're, they're prioritising that over any league game not just the fact that it's Celtic I think that it's the right approach um, you know you've got to protect your best players going into into the game against Zurich which you're still very much in so there was Obviously, a game plan from Hearts to sit back, frustrate Celtic, and I think they probably, I know they expected it to maybe be a, a more ruthless Celtic and a more ruthless afternoon, a more rampant Celtic, and I think perhaps we all did. Um, but Hearts just kind of chucked down the gauntlet and you, you've just got to kind of break that down. And it's not, it's easier said than done at times. You know, you can have as many attacking, free-flowing players as you like on the pitch, but... If you've got 11 men behind the ball at all times, it's not easy. Um, so it, it was very much a job done. I think it's one that you don't try dwell on too much. And mm -hmm. you know that there are definitely positives to take from it still. Um, and saying all of that, 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 there was no rhythm. You know, I don't think Hearts really troubled Celtic too much. Um, I think in the opportunities that they could have, they didn't take. I think a better side or, or better players even in that side would take these opportunities. Um, but, you know, the players on the pitch didn't, and that's all that, that, that really does matter. So not a, a, a performance, a match that's going to set the heather alight, but it's three points and not necessarily up the road, but three points in you get and, and just move on to the next one kind of thing. Yeah, some would say that you'd say that's a professional performance from Celtic, considering everything that was going on in that game. I think um, overall, the way that Hearts lined up, as you say, they were putting themselves out very difficult to to break down. Um, they made what four or seven changes was it from the team that played against Zurich the other night? Obviously, one's been like um, Barry Mackay dropping out, Cammy Devlin. Um, Shanklin. Craig Gordon, Shankland, yeah. So, as you said, you could tell they were starting to focus on the game on Thursday, but the team that they put out still had a lot to um, try and certainly imp impress Robbie Nielsen, especially because I think even after that game on Thursday night, there were still uh, jerseys up for consideration. And then, obviously, you've got the injuries and the red cards to talk about. So, um, there was definitely some very good performances. I think from the word go, Hearts didn't allow Celtic to sort of play the way that they want to play out from the back. You saw Liam Boyce and Janelli. Uh, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. 
our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Closing down onto the the back two or the back three with, with Joe Hart. Um, what Liam Boyce was doing after a couple of minutes, I, I really don't know. That was just silly why he was kind of kicking the ball away from Joe Hart. I mean, that's an obvious yellow card. That's the first one. You can't complain about that. You're kicking the ball away. Joe Hart's about to take a goal kick. That's just sheer stupidity. Yes, you know, it's as easy as it gets for a for a referee. It's um, the same that, you know, when uh, well, I'm trying to think what the game was the other day, I've, I've watched that much football this weekend, that, you know, when a, a striker runs right in front of the goalie to, to block him, kicking out as well, so not only kicking the ball away, but then blocking, that's, it's just as, as easy as, as you like it, it's as blatant. Mm-hmm. It kind of seems a little bit ridiculous perhaps after this weekend to still maybe say it's as easy as you like because there were some extremely easy decisions that um, were not correct decisions over the weekend, but let's just uh, swiftly move on. So it is, it's a, it's, it is a blatant, easy as you like, yellow card, even if uh, the referees may not always make it out like that. Yeah, definitely. And then the first goal coming in the 13th minute from Kyogo Furuhashi, the third time this uh, season already that he's opened the scoring for Celtic. I think Dyson Maeda down the right-hand side does really well to stay on his feet as he's been challenged, gets that perfect ball across, and it's in that difficult area where if the defender doesn't attack it, the goalkeeper isn't going to come out and get it. He's sort of in no-man's land as Kyogo's left unmarked between Sibic um, and uh, who was, was it Haring that was playing centre-half alongside him? Um, but in between the two of them, uh, with the chance to basically just tap it into the back of the net, very similar to his goal that he scored that caused all this controversy last year, except this time he was definitely 100% onside. Um, it was sorry, it was Rowles and Sibic that was playing centre-half. They just left him there, and you can't do that with Kyogo Furuhashi. He's going to find the back of the net 10 times out of 10, and it was a, a nice, comfortable, controlled finish past Ross Stewart into the net. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, you hear a lot over the last um, twenty-four hours, forty-eight hours, whatever it's been, twenty-four hours. Um, it's a simple tap, and you know, it's certainly not. There's still a lot of control behind it. Um, but I think you've really got to, as you as you rightly have done, uh, give credit to Dyson Maeda, um, to the, the power to, to battle past um, Alex Cochran, really, and, and eventually get get the ball across. But it's it's a fantastic well-worked goal, you know, even the slip ball into Maeda originally, um, it's timed nicely and it allows Maeda to, you know, he's he's beating anyone for pace, the guy's actually frightening, um, and to still be able to get that quality of ball across, you know, we've seen many a Celtic winger, sorry, over the years, you can have all the pace, but then the ball doesn't have that quality, but Maeda certainly seems to, to have that in abundance, to get it across, just to know where Kyogo is, um, and yet, albeit it's Perhaps an empty net or certainly a wide enough target for him, but um, it's at an awkward height and he does very well to control it. And, and you know, we've seen them go sky high, still coming down the next again day and, and skew your shots. So to be able to just keep that all under control, um, yeah, it's certainly not a, 
a, a tapping is what maybe some would suggest. Yeah, I mean, you've obviously seen me playing seven sides. if you think that it's not a, an easy finish. But um, no, he takes it very well. Um, Kyogo, obviously, off the mark. He's doing um, extremely well so far this season, as I said, 3-3. Three and three. Um, and it was, it was a very good cross from Maeda on the right-hand side. Um, look, there was other opportunities in that first half where Celtic could have broke through um, a number of times where Kyogo was sort of sitting on the last man of either uh, Rowles or Civic. And I think looking back on the highlights, there was two or three opportunities where um, Kyogo was played through and he was actually onside when the referees gave off. Uh, and as you said, it's easy enough to criticise referees when you're getting beat, but you've got to also look at it and you've got to bring it up when you're winning games as well. The standard of refereeing in this country is very, very poor. Very poor. Um, and when you take a look at the first one, I think it's the one where Kyogo goes to take the ball round Ross Stewart. He's at least two or three yards onside. That, for me, is just unforgivable. To be that far onside and for a, the flag to be given, that's just in, that's incompetence from the, the the linesman. Yeah, I think, you know, you don't want to almost go too heavy, but rightly so, I think the refereeing decisions are dominating you know, sports scene this weekend, highlight shows, conversations, analysis. Um, I know that's not what we want. It is. It's not because it's not analysis. Uh, you know, in a in a, a in a highlight show, a post match, whatever it may be, you do want it to focus on the game. But when there's just so many, so many a catalogue of decisions, really, it, it kind of does have to just take over. Um, I think the one you're inferred to is, is the one that I'm thinking of as well, and it's Alex Cochran actually on the near side, the one closest, you know, to the dugout, so closest mm-hmm. to the linesman. Uh, for me, that you know, that's as easy as you get. The fact that the guy closest to you, do you know what I mean? It's not sometimes when it's you know a, a defender in the middle or on the far side, or there's players blocking, you know, but the fact that it's the, it's the body closest to where the linesman should be running. Um, uh, would you should be um, the fact that you know you can blatantly see that the green shirt is as you rightly say two three yards behind I, I don't think they get much easier you know you should kind of just be going oh that, that's a nice easy one so there, there are a lot um, of decisions like that but as much as you can try and give sympathy because you know it's a, it's a fast paced game and you don't have the luxury of a, of a replay but mm-hmm. you know Referees have never, up until now, obviously, but in, in Scotland, referees have, have never had the, the luxury of a replay. That's why you go through the training, a referee, you know, on a, on a Saturday or a Sunday, at amateur level, junior level, they don't have a replay either. You're never going to get every decision right. I appreciate that. We're all only human. But, you know, then if, if errors like that are getting made, then surely there's there's no referee in training going on at all. And anyone could almost be a referee because it's basically just potluck. It's kind of what the way, the way that it's, it's looking at. So a lot has to be changed. When it will get changed, how it will get changed, I do not know. Because as we're saying, these guys that are making these decisions are just going to be the ones that do eventually, or are eventually, sorry, in control of VAR. Um, and I, I've had my, my views on VAR before. I, I think it could open just a whole new can of worms. Um, and I don't know how much good it will actually bring. But we're at a stage now that something really does have to change because mm-hmm. the standard and the quality has dropped remarkably in the last probably four or five seasons. Um, it's never been great. Um, but I think now it's it's shocking. You know, and we've all had our laughs over the years that, you know, so and so with this team, so and so with that team. But I don't think anyone can actually say now that there's almost favouritism anywhere. 
except for maybe a few exceptions, but it's across out of out of the Premiership. You know, every single team is suffering. You look at Kilmarnock, Ross County, and I, and I know we were talking about just a Celtic game here, but they're two of the worst red cards I've ever seen, and neither of them eventually. Uh, well, Ross yeah. Cartland did eventually get a red, but you know that first challenge is a red, um, and then the Baldwin one. You know that, that's what I mean about blatant. They are blatantly obvious red cards. Um, so that's Kilmarnock suffering, and they're just back in in the division. So it's tough for all. There's almost I don't know if you you can take some sort of comfort out of knowing that a lot of teams and most teams are getting shafted. But you know that shouldn't be what we're kind of um, being reluctant to to have to kind of believe. So greater refereeing is certainly needed, but when it will come or how it will come, God only knows. In all honesty. Yeah, definitely. Ian Matheson coming in here to say, still not finding Kyogo quick, quickly, often enough. Do that and games will be wrapped up before half-time. I do think that will come, Ian. But I, I think, obviously, the, the attempts that Celtic did make that, or tried to do that yesterday, they were kind of hindered by these decisions that we're speaking about. So I, I don't know if there's a bit of hesitancy now from the players to try and find him because they think whether he's onside or he's offside, there's a good chance that they're going to put the flag up now. It's, it's whether you take that risk and it pays off for you or they just sort of try a different sort of tactic. And we've seen that time and time again from Celtic this season that when it's not working for them, they do have a sort of plan A, B and C. They, they try some different things and um, it's certainly been working so far this season. Daniel F saying, also Maeda coming in from the right, shows that he can do it on both sides. This is a point I wanted to make. I thought, Certainly, Jota looked very effective on that left-hand side. Obviously, he was coming up against Alex Cochran, who was eventually sent off, and we'll get to that. But he had a fairly decent performance for Hearts. But I still thought Jota was getting a lot of joy down that left-hand side. Um, the only one that I thought could have maybe upped his game a wee bit and it maybe would have helped Jota out was Greg Taylor. And I'm a big fan of Greg Taylor, but I just thought that was just a kind of an average performance from Taylor, whereas the last couple of weeks he's been hitting these heights. And he's going to have these games, but... Um, if the two of them were on form yesterday, I think we could have had a, another couple in the first half. Yeah, he's not superhuman, but um, he's he's certainly getting that way. I think in, in recent weeks, I've not been on, or my God, I would never have shut up about him. Yes, I, I am still a proud member of the Greg Taylor fan club, and it's nice to have some new members in that group. Um, a few are jumping on the bandwagon, but no, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted for him. Obviously, I never got to speak about it, but listening to everyone last week, you know, he was absolutely superb against Kilmarnock and that's not, I think the fact that it's now not just a one-off with Greg Taylor, you know, we're now actually saying that yesterday's average, nothing was terrible, just average performance, that's the exception, not Greg Taylor being outstanding, that's not the exception, that's almost what we've came to really expect with him. He's, he's totally, um, you know, taking this inverted fullback role by, by storm. There was a few errors yesterday, more in a defensive sense than anything, Um and thankfully never led to, to anything too uh, sinister. But yeah, he's, he's going to have them. But you know you could say that about a lot of players. There was a lot of subpar performances mm -hmm. across the park yesterday. And that's fine. You know, it's, like I say, it's not a cause for alarm bells, which is why I think Andrew Postacoglu's, you know, nobody can really catch him out because when things are going so high last week, he doesn't get too high. So when things are supposedly low yesterday, he can't get too low. And he just stays very uh, medium line throughout. So you won't get a, a rise out of him. You won't get a bite out of him because you can't chuck in like, 
you can't chuck back to it, him, sorry, oh, well, last week was this, that, and whatever, because yep. when he does get high, it, or when the team are high, he doesn't exactly um, portray that, and, and everything remains very grounded. So, you know, it, it's worked out in great fashion, and you can see that that's why he does it, and I think every great manager should do that, um, because, yeah, things can go five going on 15 one week, and then, you know, yesterday, it, it just wasn't really working out. Deserve victory, and that's all that really matters. Yeah, I think we need to look at it. Um, this is the sort of it's the, it's the form of champions, is yep. what they call it. Is when the team's not playing that well, but can still dig out a good result like yesterday. Um, Hearts will probably be a top six side this year. I've, I've no doubt of that. Um, so to get that sort of performance against them, even with the changes that they made, um, the way that they, they sort of dug in, I, I think it's um, it's very an impressive, without being impressive, uh, performance yesterday, especially when some players weren't at their best to kind of still dig that out. So many times before in previous seasons, we'd seen we'd have maybe have dropped points, we'd have maybe have done something daft. But I mean, when you look at it and you look at the stats overall, I don't think Hearts had a single shot on target, which we'll come to later on after Robbie Nielsen's um, post-match review. Um, but if you can keep that, if you can stop them from scoring at one end then you just have to take one or two of your chances and we created plenty of them. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely an impressive without being impressive performance. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. It's the form of champions. You're not going to win 5, 6, 7, 0 every single week. But as much as yesterday, maybe it's, it's that kind of scenario that, you know, when you talk it up so much that this could be 5, 6, 7 because hearts are going to rotate, that it should just be a walk in the park for Celtic as you rightly alluded to, that's the games over the years that Celtic have, have tripped up on. And not just Celtic, it's kind of what everyone does because the expectation is there mm-hmm. even more so. Um, but to, to be able to do that with, yes, a, a rotated hatch, but as you rightly say, you know, Liam Boyce is still playing and only a matter of seasons ago, top goal scorer in, in Scotland before going down south. And, you know, he, he's still a real threat for Hearts. Obviously, right now, all the attention is kind of rightly so. Uh, Lauren Shankland, and you can understand why. Um, but you've still got Josh Janelli, who needs to really be proven a point, especially with the incoming off Shankland. He, he's kind of going further down that pecking order. So you're spot on that while it, it was a rotation, there was a lot of those Hearts players that needed or had an opportunity here to really try and, you know, get in Robbie Nielsen's thoughts. Maybe not necessarily for Thursday, but certainly in the kind of grand scheme of things, you know, um, Hearts midfield is, is pretty nailed on right now and there, there's opportunities to get to, to break into that. Craig Halkett's obviously picked up from the injury, so there, there needs to be some changes at the back. And there's opportunities, you know, Nathaniel Atkinson down, um, down the flank, ain't doing it for me so far and then um, obviously me being this side of the the country I've got a lot of heart supporting friends <laughs> or um, uh, friends maybe I push um, acquaintances acquaintances that's the word that I couldn't think of thank you um, and, and they're maybe not perhaps as, as big as fan either so there's opportunities to be had there and that was a, a chance for some hearts players to, to try and get in the mind of Robin Nielsen and then you know Gone by his post match comments, maybe a few of them have. I don't know if they necessarily have got into my thoughts after that, but um, yeah, whatever Robbie sees, fair play. Yeah, I mean, we'll touch on Nielsen um, and how he became the unlikely winner of the worst loser um, of the week 
competition, which I, I, I generally thought Anthony Joshua had wrapped up after oh. his performance <laughs> on Saturday night. But the worst speech on Sky this week. Oh, yeah. So, uh, well done, Robbie Nielsen. To outdo Anthony Joshua after that is, is very impressive. But we'll touch on it. And we can see, we're going to look at the red cards now um, as to why um, Nielsen felt so aggrieved at um, yesterday's decision. First of all, Alex Cochran, he's booked in the 62nd minute for basically pushing um, Leila Bada off the park. And that's one of those tackles that you know teams are going to make, especially when Celtic are on the counter-attack. Um, they've got the chance to get down the right-hand side. Um, Abada sort of takes the ball past him. Alex Cochran, he's got to stop him. He's got his arms around him. He's pushing him off the park. It's 100% a yellow card. I don't think anybody could disagree with that at all. It's a great foul to take. You know, I'd want a Celtic player to do exactly the same. It's one of those that you're not injuring your opponent uh, and you're stopping a breakaway in play. It's clever. It's tactical. You can understand why he's doing it. You know, he gives the referee a thumbs up because he knows it's a yellow card. Uh, and rightly so, we all move on with our lives because that is, you know, uh, I've said blatant and easy yellows a lot, um, but that one really is, and it's yeah, it's uh, a, a simple one for the ref. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those ones that you wish Neil Lennon had done on Kaka at the San Siro, and maybe would have had a chance that night. Um, but then the second yellow card comes in the 89th minute, um, and it's a tackle on Callum McGregor. Now he actually catches Callum McGregor on the thigh, between the sort of kneecap and the thigh area. That was, that that could have been a red card itself. Yeah, it's, again, that's a, a simple yellow. Linesman's right there as well, um, but it is high, he's not, he, he's kind of trying to do the same thing, almost stopping a player advancing, uh, but, you know, you can maybe try and do it a little bit more discreetly if you're wanting to get away with it, but the minute you're kind of going anywhere around the knee, never mind, quite a fair bit above it, you know, you're your boots up as well. You're making a very easy decision for the officials. Um, I, I I do think he actually kind of knew it himself. I know some are saying that the reaction. I think Cochrane was very well aware of the, the both challenges where yells. You mm-hmm. kind of you kind of see that in the play right away. That is that oh bugger I've been caught sort of thing. Um, and, and he knew he, he let fly basically at, at McGregor. Silly to do when on a booking when it's not again. At that stage of the game, you can see fatigue and it's lazy. And it was, it was lazy. That, yeah. That's really all, all it really was. But it's still a, a, a dangerous foul. Um, and it is a yellow card. So okay, there's no qualms over that one for me. Yeah. I mean, that's he committed to overall three fouls in the game. I can't remember the third one, to be perfectly honest. But if two of those are for those sort of incidents, then you are going to get booked. You are going to get yellow cards and you are going to get sent off. What was annoying me last night was watching sports scene back and Jackie McNamara saying the, the second one was soft. And I'm thinking, how is that soft? If he'd been caught there, I mean, if he'd put any more effort into that, there's a, every chance that Cam McGregor could have picked up an injury yesterday. It's not, not making soft. making an attempt for the ball, it's is a, it? You know? It's an easy yellow card. It's a, I, I, think, I don't know if he got his wording wrong because it's not soft, but it's an easy yellow card to give. Um, and I don't think he had any complaints with that one. I think that is definitely a, a red card. Sibic... He had the, the first yellow card in the 55th minute with they brought down David Turnbull. I, I think, again, when you look at it, it's one of those ones It's a, a stopping Turnbull from getting forward on the attack. We spoke about it very similar with the Cochrane's. That's, that's a yellow card every day of the week, unfortunately. Yeah, they're very, very similar. Uh, and, and that's kind of what hurts 
throughout the, the, the side we're doing. And I can understand why, you know, it, it's you're trying to break down a, 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 a quick team, a, a fast playing team, a fast thinking team. And there was frustration creeping in. You can completely understand that, you know, you see those sort of fouls over the years, Celtic players come in name in Europe because it's just when players are one, two, three steps ahead of you, and it's sheer frustration kicking in. I'm saying lazy with Cochrane, lazy, stupid, um, frustrated, annoyed. It's all of those kind of adjectives, and it's evident in their play and their body language, and it's just that you know that oh, like you just flick out basically, and that's what he done. Yeah, and then the second one, ninety first minute. The sort of push on the backer, a badder. This is the only one that anybody can maybe have said anything at all about. But I mean, if you follow the rules by the letter of the law, it's a yellow card. It's the second yellow card, and he's sent off. Uh, I know that the sort of, I mean, Richard Foster on Sports Scene again last night, just making a complete twat of himself, saying it's that late in the game, we should just let him away with it. No, come on, you've got to. Well, that's the rules. incompetence, isn't it? So yeah. that's a ridiculous statement. Um, you can't come out and say it doesn't matter what stage of the game it is. It shouldn't matter if it's the first minute or the 92nd minute or the 51st minute. Um, if it's a foul, it's a foul. If it's a yellow card, it's a yellow card. If it's a red card, it's a red card. Um, and that is a, as easy a yellow again purely because it's the two hands. You know, if it's one mm-hmm. hand and he sends, sends them off, so it's a second yellow, then I can understand the frustration behind that because one hand, that's lazy and that's, um, you know, not in the law of the game but the minute you've got two hands you know and I was having to listen to the radio yesterday and it was a uh, Richard Gordon with, with Michael Stewart on Sports Sound you know and he just Richard Gordon just basically and, and that's it Michael you know it's the, the two hands are kind of the angle mm-hmm. that, that all that needs to to really be seen or to be able to be convinced by the minute you, you lay two hands you know and uh, there's a shoving movement as well um, it's not just that he's placed two hands on him. Um, there, there is a push, and when you're going at that speed, no matter what minute it may be in, just because maybe Richard Foster would like to give up in the 90 f- 91st minute. Sorry, um, it, it wasn't a bad of doing that. So to have two hands going at that speed, you know, you, you're going to tumble. Um, it's a yellow for me, and it's a red. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a. I don't think they actually are as. Or requiring as much in-depth, real. I, I think as much as I'm saying the officials have got stuff wrong this weekend, which I do think they have. Uh, I, I don't think there's there's anything wrong in either of them. I can understand that heart's frustration. I get it. I do. But if you're going by the laws of the game, which we all should be doing as much as possible, um, i.e., always, then they're they're, ye- they're yellows and then reds. Yeah. See, when you look at it, I mean. You play the you play the whistle. Everybody says that you play the whistle, no matter what the referee decides or not. You play the whistle, and the um, for me that means you play the rules for the whole ninety plus however many minutes is added on, and that's one of the things that really bugs me, right? And my pals will tell you this as well. See if a team's winning three, four, five now, whatever it may be, and there's been six substitutions or ten substitutions as there is now. There's been three players down injured. There's been so much time wasting in the, the second half. And then the board goes up and it's one minute of added on time. That really grinds my gears. That grinds my gears. That's just basically poor officiating to the point of, we'll just get them off the park because the game's done anyway. You it's, can't it's, do that in a, in a professional game. I get that. 
on a Saturday or Sunday, you know, in, in the pub leagues or in the amateurs when you're getting hammered 19-0. I get that. You're just wanting these boys before a fight breaks out. But in the, in the Scottish Premiership, in the top tier, uh, the 42 teams in the SPFL, you should be playing exact. You should have... The ball should be... Not necessarily in play, but the um, not on the pitch, but the, the game should be being played for 90 minutes. It shouldn't be cut short at 87 because you can't be bothered adding on those extra three minutes. You're right to say if there's been substitutes, you know, you're, it's meant to be 30 seconds per sub. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't have that if you're having, as you're right to say, six to, to ten subs and then fouls as well. There's always fouls. Second half, there's always substitutions. You know, there should. I, I, I agree with you and it, it grinds my gears as well um, I've said before you know my dad and my brother they've both gone, done a referee and my dad is a referee um, and, and it's every single time you know it has to be at least a minimum of three because there's always substitutes there's always time wasting hearts were time wasting yesterday you know yeah. hearts were time wasting even when it was only 1-0 down 1-0 down mm. um, they were time wasting so it should be a fair game, no matter who it is, no matter what time um, and at times. Yeah, it's not, an, it's late. We're talking about lazy defending and, and, and lazy play. It's lazy officiating, just wanting yeah. off the park. Like, like it's just almost like have a have a short day kind of thing. We're going to touch on the post-match um, comments from both managers and we'll start with the losing manager and the sole loser of the week, Robbie Nielsen. As I said, I thought Anthony Joshua, with his performance, throwing the, the title belts and then giving what hip, must hip, have been the yeah. most sarcastic hip-hip-hurray to uh, Alex- Alexander Usyk would have been um, the, the guaranteed winner. But Robbie Nielsen coming out saying after the game that he didn't think they were out of the game until the red cards. Now, you've got to remember the first red card was in the 89th minute. So he thought up until then that they could have come out of it. They reckon they deserve something out of the play that they had. Um, and he believes that he can take his side to Celtic Park later on in the season and come away with a win. Now, I don't know which game Robbie Nielsen was watching, but the fact that they had zero shots on target yesterday, I think the closest they came was maybe a header that went over the bar or um, Josh Ginelli in the first 20, 30 minutes put past the the post. But if they're going to come up and play sort of 10 men behind the ball, yes, they had that sort of really good spell in the start of the second half for about 10, 15 minutes. But Celtic weathered the storm and, and broke away and for me, I, I really don't know what Robbie Nielsen's saying. I don't know if he's just trying to um, give the Hearts fans something to cling on to, but if that's generally what he believes, I, I think he's very much deluded. I think that's what he's trying to do. You know, um, Obviously, the game wasn't televised, so I don't know if he's just trying to give the impression to, to his fans that Hearts were in it a, a bit more than they were. You know, and If you look at the scoreline at 1-0, you can never... You can never say that you know you're in cruise control and, and comfortable. Celtic were as close to probably being that. Nobody can be. Nobody. No team in the world can be com- comfortable at one nil. It's not a comfortable scoreline, because um, it only takes one moment of, of madness, sheer luck, anything, um, and, and the tide can turn. And, and that's the beauty of football. But I don't know if, if that's Nielsen. Yeah, trying to maybe kid on a kidder um, that at one nil Hearts were still kind of in it. Yes, technically they are, but if anyone has have seen any of it, um, you know that that's certainly not the case. So it's a big week for the club, um, and if I was Robbie Nielsen, I think I maybe just would have quickly turned my attention 
even in, in my post-match comments on onto Thursday because rightly so I, I've got no qualms with him um, making those those changes to his side. He's protecting his team and, and giving his club the, the best opportunity to go through in a competition that does well for for Scottish football. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I I don't like when when uh, I. Scottish, Scottish football as a game really needs to go up a gear. It needs to be in the in the limelight a little bit more. And the only reason you know we are going to get that is if the other teams are helping out in the coefficient. The coefficient mm-hmm. is so important. Um, so you know I, I do think there has to be a real hope that that Hearts do go through on on Thursday. Um, and yeah, I, I think that if Robbie Nielsen perhaps just suggested more that, that the focus really was on, on that game and not on Sunday I think we'd all have a little bit more respect perhaps for him um, and, and not trying to yeah, kidder kidder, look we know what you were trying to do, we agree with what you were trying to do because I think we all would have kind of done the same um, but don't try and say that you know you were in a game that you, you really weren't ever Exactly I'm going to bring in some of the comments. We've got over 650 watching live. A warm welcome to you all on this Monday lunchtime. I hope you're in as good a mood as us after the weekend's performances. Mr Whip55 comes in to say, what is Nielsen on about when he says they deserve something from the game? Well, we just sort of touched on that there. It's delusional to say the best. Um, Dermot Celtic Rabbitoh comes in to say, it's nice to to win against a decent team when we don't play that well. We touched on that as well, Amy. Um, there were games where we dropped uh, points at the start of last year. That's that's definitely uh, the way we looked at it. Uh, Liam Shevlin saying, 15 shots, 7 on target. Not bad, especially on a day when we weren't at our best. We need to stop complaining sometimes. We won 2-0 at the end of the day. We move, roll on, Dundee United. Probably a really good time to be coming up against Dundee United, considering their poor form at the minute. Um yeah. Ian Matheson saying, can only listen on Radio Scotland. You'd have thought we were hanging on for most of the second half. You, you'd agree with that, Amy. You said you were listening on the radio. That was the, the kind of yeah, thing you were uh, I, I was listening on the radio in, in the office yesterday, but I also we get this, this stream through, obviously. So I, d- I did manage to catch a lot of the game. Um, and, you know, everyone views the game differently, put it that way. Yeah, Sean H coming in to say I'm all for a manager coming out and sending a bit of hope to their players and fans because they did have a decent little spell but he's just coming across as delusional, can't disagree with that. Uh, Pat Dolan coming in to say Colin, Hearts with better application could have snatched the draw when it 1-0 1-0 deep into the game is never a gimme. I, I, I agree with that Pat, I, I, I do think if you were coming up against a better opposition you just don't know what they'd have kind of uh, been but I mean for um Robbie Nielsen to come out and say that his team deserves something, he would need to show that in terms of the the, the the opportunities that they took and they didn't take any of them they didn't even test Joe Hart Joe Hart's coming off there with clean gloves and that says a lot um, about yesterday's performance Ange Postacoglu after the game says it was an okay performance, very stop start he believes that that Celtic side can do better they can do um, more of the free flowing attacking football that um, he's come to expect from his side after the game, he was also asked about a potential deal for um, Montenegrin left winger Saeed Haksabanovic. He says that the deal is close and that we may be able to comment in the next few days. We understand that Haksabanovic was in London over the weekend to complete a medical uh, and at the minute we're just working on things like a work permit for him. So 
it does look as if the deal for Haksabanovic is close, Amy. We have noticed that the only time that Ange really comments on a signing is when he believes it's it's kind of there. He, he mentioned um, the last time round when we signed Darren Moy and we signed um, who, who came in alongside Darren Moy again, Moritz Jens, um, that he expected two deals to be done in the next couple of days and then within 48 hours these guys are announced. I think it's only when we're getting the deals pretty much over the line that Ange is willing to say anything. Yeah, he's not kind of a, a guy that minces with his words and he's uh, certainly up until now never really made a, a suggestion that, that's not really came to fruition, you know, so that he doesn't set up or tee up for egg on his face, really. So I, I think the fact that he addressed that um, is uh, as good as a confirmation as you can probably expect or, or wish for right now. Um and the fact that the question was allowed to be asked as well gives a little bit of hope. Um, and the fact that, yeah, he answered it and not just, you know, brushing it aside is, a, is, is certainly a good sign. What do you make of the deal for Haksabanovic? We've not really had your views on it. What do you make of him as a player? Have you seen the kind of clips that's going around? Yeah, I have. Uh, I'm quite excited by him. Uh, I, I don't think that he's going to come in right away. Uh, and perhaps be Ange Postacoglu fully fit, but, you know, actually who is or how he has been, because that's very high expectations. So I think it may take a couple of weeks just to, to have him hitting the ground fully, running up to speed. But, no, I, I've been impressed, and I think it's an area that, you know, it, it's not surplus to requirements. Um, I think it's a, a, a wise signing. I know we're delighted the, the flexibility right now of Jota and Maeda managing to switch sides so seamlessly um, even throughout the game. I, I think it's a joy to watch how how and when really they do just swap sides and you know the quality doesn't drop on either side and you're still able to bring on a badder from the bench. Um, you know, and that's even without James Forrest as well, who does still need to be involved in the conversation. I know some may not wish that to be the case, but he is. Um, and with that new long-term deal that he certainly will be in the conversation for a while so you know he, he has to be considered so I, I think it is wise um, after that I can probably see Celtic maybe wrapping stuff up I would have preferred as well a, a defensive midfielder but you know he, beggars can't be choosers um, and I think if you presented this transfer window to us back in May beginning of June whatever it may have been um, I think pretty much every Celtic fan would have bit your hand off and if they wouldn't I'd, I'd like to know why well, I did say I think just before the end of last season when we were talking about what would be a transfer window an ideal transfer window for us um, I was saying that we need to get rid of the deadwood and at, at that time all the chat was around Jota and my, um, not Maeda sorry Jota and Cameron Carter-Vickers and whether we could seal them down on long term deals and we obviously did do that for both of them and I was saying after that, I'd be looking for maybe somewhere between five to seven other players to come in there to sort of supplement and add strength and depth to this squad. And I think with the addition of Haksabanovic, you've obviously got Aaron Moore, you've got Maurice Jens, Alexander Bernabe, uh, and you've also got Seagrass so far. I think that is a, a very good sort of strength and depth that we've added to the squad. Maurice Jens obviously came in and he's hit the ground running very, very well. Excuse me, sorry. Um, and I, I do think that we maybe have one more to come. I don't think this will be us wrapped up. I, I think we could see us potentially bringing one in again, but I do think it will come down to whether we'll be able to get rid of guys like Albin Ayeti um, and players like that. I think we've done well to get rid of quite a bit of the Deadwood so far this season, uh, but there's still some more to go. 
so it's worth kind of checking that out to see how we get on. Um, Haksavanovich for me, I think when he if he comes in, it's a good thing to have down the left hand side because I do think Mickey Johnson will go out on loan. I think they're they're kind of holding off till they get someone in to bring him in, um, and. I'm seeing a kind of couple of comments here, and I just want to kind of put out a, a special mention for yesterday's uh, game to Aaron Moy. I thought Aaron Moy was very impressive when he came on. He had a fantastic interception uh, in the last couple of minutes, and since he's kind of came in and played that sort of twenty thirty minutes, um, I, I think he's going to eventually be your defensive midfielder. I think he's the guy that's going to come in there. He's looked very comfortable in that position. He has very good ball retention um, and his passing, as much as it's only sort of maybe five, six, seven yards at a time, it's just been able to keep that ball moving and he always pass and move and pass and move, so he's always available for the ball. I think eventually he'll be the central defensive midfielder and you can see already Callum McGregor's looking forward to making that move a bit further up the park. Yeah, um, I have to agree. I, I do think he was pretty impressive yesterday. I am. That's more just what I've said throughout the, the transfer window. That I still, even when Moy did actually come in, I still say that, that that's probably the, the only other signing that I would have went for um, to to really try and strengthen still. Um, but you know, if if Ange can can really get a tune out of Moy, which you know, if anyone can, you would imagine it would be him. Um, I said at the time, you know, because it, it there was this mixed, very mixed reactions to, to his signing. You know, some were saying it's just a bit silly. His, his career, his best days are kind of behind him, and others, you know, had, had a lot more optimism. I, I think what's clear is that no matter what Ange has kind of signed him for, if it is just a thirty-minute cameo or or the, the the starting defensive midfielding kind of role, um, then that is what's going to be. Um, I do still think that he is, will just be the 30 minute 45 at an absolute push. I don't see him building into that yet, but I will gladly be proven wrong um, because, that, you know, when he was in his best days, they were pretty decent days. So if we can have um, a, a Moy who is able to compete for 60, 75 minutes at a push even, um, then, then fair play. If you still have to ask me, I'll still ask to bring in another one. Well, I mean, this is the kind of position we find ourselves in because we've got the money in the bank, we've got the, the Champions League Cup money coming in. If you're looking to add strength and depth, then you can go out and do that, and we should go out and do that. Not to the point where we put ourselves into trouble, but just to the point where we know that we might actually be competitive in these games or we can tie up the league this year again and get that jackpot again next season. We've just got to be very kind of prudent but also be expansive at the same time and look to make sure that we've got the right enough squad so that if we do pick up a couple of injuries then we know we can turn to these players and they'll actually do us a job. Um, one last kind of mention for um, Georges Giacomakis. Again, another player, Amy, who a lot of Celtic fans would start him. A lot of Celtic fans think he, he deserves more than 20 minutes off the bench. It's, it's hard to disagree with that. You've also got Kyogo, who scored 3-3. Three and three. We don't seem to play two up front. It's going to be down to Ange as to how he keeps both of them happy this season. What a great 
dilemma to have exactly conundrum whatever you you really want to call it the two top quality strikers um how you keep them both happy that's as possible's problem um but but what a decent one to have i i don't know i quite like i, I think i can see why he does what he does right now i think you have kyogo you know running tireless tireless tirelessly at defenders tiring defenders out for for an hour or so and and then bringing the big man on and you know he just causes havoc does that then though there will or sorry there will become a point you know that if Yakimakis is coming on and continue to score in goals no matter how fleeting his cameo is there will be a time that he's got a right to knock on the door and go what do I need to do to, to really be a starter here and that's then where it gets tricky if you know if that dynamic is something that both were happy with that you know 60-30 sort of thing or, or whatever it may be then great but you know this is a, a top quality striker here who's got ambitions himself and not that has um, not that the oh, the team, what happens for the team obviously matters as well, but at the end of the day, he's still a player himself and he has to think about himself. Um, you know, we can try and joke and, and or pretend that, you know, a player doesn't have his own best intentions at heart and it is only about the team. I think a lot of it is still about the team, but if you're scoring 10 goals from 20-minute appearances each week and you're not getting a starter, you're going to start getting pretty miffed off, um, and as anyone would. So... It'll be interesting to see how the, the dynamic does grow. Um, but I think as a fan right now, that's not really our, our problem, is it? And you just no. get to enjoy them both in their in their pomp uh, and whatever whatever it may be. I can, if if you had to really go then for Europe, you would kind of say that Yakimak is, is probably a better mould for Europe, um, especially the teams that we will be coming up against. Um, it's no matter what, it's going to be a top quality sides all, all three um real top quality so it'll be very very interesting absolutely i mean i think both of them are certainly on course already to score 20 goals this season each which is will be a fantastic return from them both um and as uh, rab mcnair comes in to say we're about to start playing two to three games a week i think there'll be a bit more rotation as that comes in um it'll be just a case of people sort of biding their time and we'll, we'll probably see that um, in terms of guys like Alexander Bernabe and stuff getting some minutes soon too. Um, whilst we were on air, Celtic did release additional tickets for the Glasgow Derby. Um, they launched it at two minutes past one, and by 18 minutes past one, they were sold out. So unfortunately, if you were looking uh, to try and get tickets for that game, it is now sold out. So that is the, the Glasgow How Derby. How convenient for them to do that during Axon? I know, it's as if they, they were just trying to mm. do it against us. Mm. I'm not getting to that game and I'm really disappointed. In Need a man. I'll, I'll tell you why later on, but it's it's a, it's a bit of a contentious one. Um, let me share this with you guys, but um, another game that is went on sale this morning was St Mirren versus Celtic. Um, at the new Love Street or whatever it's called, is it the Smyza Stadium? Smyza. Um, one thousand four hundred and ninety-three tickets went on sale, which is a reduction of about fifty percent from last season. Um, to qualify for it, you have to have went to forty-four away games over three years. So you can tell that it's um, it's a, a very tight allocation to try and get a ticket from. 
But then this appears on St Mirren's website earlier on today. We're going to try and bring this up. So let us know if you can see that. So what it's looking for here is for St Mirren fans to donate £30 to the club as they were deciding to retain all three stands for the home fans for this game and for games against Celtic and Rangers later on in the season. I think, Amy, this is showing that they know that they're going to lose money from this and they are try- no matter how hard they try, money is the big thing and if they can't get it off of Celtic fans, they're going to try and get it off their own because they know they're not going to sell this out. What a strange approach, isn't it? Um, wow, you just kind of really got to shake your head at this, I would say. Um, St Mirren, I said that I've been really impressed by this year as well, and I was uh, lucky enough to have a wee chat with Stephen Robinson, um, and everything I was, you know, really taken by by what they've kind of been um, trying to sell, and then this kind of comes across, and you're just like, what's happening here? I find it odd. I find it really, really strange. I don't understand why you would do that. Um, I must ask. Uh, I've got a few friends that are St Mirren fans. I must ask what they think about it and I'll get back to you. Because, yeah, that's... Um, I, I Honestly, I don't have any words because I, I can't actually fathom out how anyone thinks that this is a, a wise thing to do. Not only are you kind of... Well, you're not going to have a, a very sold-out stadium at all, are you? Um, you're turning down evident money from, from their away support. And then you've kind of got the cheek almost to ask your own fans to do this during our cost of living crisis as well. Um, you know, tickets, season tickets, normal tickets are dear enough as it is. And then this kind of £30 voluntary contribution, that's not for me, put it that way. Uh, I think it's a really, really strange approach. And, uh, yeah, I... I wouldn't mind somebody getting a, a fair bit of criticism for this, actually. It's... I, I don't... Obviously, uh, it's very small writing, so you might not be able to see it, but it does say here in the event description that during the pre-season they had a... Um, they had a survey that went out to the home fans and it yeah. did say that the fans would... Some of the fans would be willing to contribute to this to make up for the lost um, revenue that they will get from this game. But, I mean... What benefit does this kind of bring to a, a team? Johnny Ryan's got a really good point here. Empty stadiums always look good on TV. That's sarcasm. How do we sell the game? We talk about having a terrible TV deal and then the next minute we're saying, oh, by the way, see, for every seat, every empty seat, instead of getting money off a, a fan who would really like to go to the game, how about you just pay double for your own ticket and we'll just make sure that we don't have as many of the away fans in? Exactly. If you're going to do it um, and you're not going to allow the, the allocation that you, you were previously allowed um, or, or gave to, to away fans, sorry, uh, then right, that's on you. And I can kind of understand to a degree that why you would do that because you're not wanting to shift your own fans and you're kind of going, not that I agree with it, I, I can understand why clubs would maybe be doing that because you know it's their ground and they still want it to feel like a home game to their players. Um, but then to kind of have the audacity to ask this of your own fans... I find that mind-boggling, all honesty. I think it's it's quite cheeky. It's probably the word that I am coming up with right now. Yeah, I mean, 
we've seen this earlier on in the season when Ross County cut the allocation for Celtic and then for the League Cup tie, it was open the doors and, and you come. It's I think that's going to be what happens with St Mirren as well. I can see them um, maybe doing this for the first game and then after that, if they don't get the, the revenue that they're looking for, then um, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, for, t- for teams like that, money talks and they need to stay in business. So I can see things changing. Um, but yeah, if you do get a ticket to that, then yeah, congratulations, um, because I think it, you'd have better odds of winning the Euro Millions at this rate. Um, we're just going to wrap up here because we're just coming to the, the top of the hour. Um, just a quick mention to the Celtic women's team. Another 4-0 victory over Spartans yesterday. Goals for Calissa Larissi, um, Taylor Otto on her debut, and Chloe Craig from the penalty spot. A 4-0 victory. Sends Celtic to the top of that table as well. Nine points out of nine. A great start for Fran Alonso's team. Um, and Celtic B team having a one-each draw of hearts. B team yesterday, a very young side that came up against Hearts, uh, but again um, some good, valuable experience I know you may, you're biting your tongue Let's here talk because about you the women. Let's talk about the women um, But we could have a whole podcast on all of that but it's been good to have uh, the young team back it's been a while um, Amy, hopefully I'll, I'll not I know. be that long before we do another one of we these are just, We're just the best yeah, yeah. And if you agree with Amy, then drop us a, a thumbs up below. <laughs> um, subscribe to the channel. There's some really good uh, content up there, especially from the State of Mind um, Music Festival, which took place last week. Um, some great clips from Las Vegas and some other local Scottish artists. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Declan will be leading the trio tomorrow at half 12. And who knows, maybe by then, Haxabanovic will be paraded in a Celtic jersey. Until then, take care, stay safe, and as always... Hail, hail. What's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything, but losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. 
Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.